and gents, dynamite! Man, books, books, books. This is where the knowledge lives. We can place it in our head and then implement, but it starts by putting it on some pages. And if you're interested in writing a book, then today's episode's for you. Let's jump into it. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. There we go. All right, ladies and gents, who do we got on the show? Here it is. There are three simple steps to rock your business with books. And you know what? I always like playing my music. There we go. There are three simple steps to rock your business with books. Step number one, write. Find the best idea for your book and position it for success. Step number two, publish. Get it out there into the world. And step number three, profit. Create some leads and sales. Now, if you're a creative visionary and you have a following or a tribe that wants some more content, then this episode is for you. Our guest has multiple number one best-selling books. She's an award-winning book and business coach, CEO of Create the Splash Marketing, podcast host, and Grammy-nominated songwriter. I mean, with a, with a resume like that, I can't wait to get started. So let's welcome to the show uh, from BooksOpenDoors.com, Ellen Violet. All right, Ellen, did I butcher your last name? No, you you stumble, but you got it right. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm one of those that I know, man, names names get butchered all the time. Mine's one of those where I dreaded having my name called in class during the, the yeah. beginning of the school year. I was like, she's going to mess it up or he's going to mess it up. And then I got to go through that, fix it, and then we keep going. So uh, <laughs> welcome to the uh, Butcher Your Name Club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ellen, I'm excited to be here. Writing books is one of those things that uh, I thought about doing, haven't actually done it. My dad, on the other hand, wrote his book. Um, and uh, even though I'm not a writer of books, I am a voracious reader of books. And I consume both on a Kindle version as well as an audio version. Um, why did you get into the book space? Why, why do that? I mean, was it something in your past? Was it something, uh, that you love doing? Why? Why are you doing this? Cause I want to know. <sighs> oh, that's great. Um, well, first of all, I think one of the great times I had as a kid with my mom, which were few and far between was she read to me mm. and, uh, I remember I just love Nancy Drew books. So that was an early thing with me. And I think it's partly in my genes. My grandmother was an English teacher. My mother was the editor of the newspaper. And my grandfather was the night editor of the Los Angeles Examiner. So um, I think there's some of that. And I started writing at a, you know, I guess junior high school, you know, keeping a diary and just writing. And so somewhere in the back of my mind, I just always knew that at some point I would want to write a book, that I would write a book. And then the short version is, is that about 20 years ago, I almost died. Oh. And I was like so many other people who are like, well, I'll write a book someday. And all of a sudden, you know, I was only 48 and I'm going, oh my God, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but this was scary. 
And the other thing that happened was that a book literally saved my life. So when I got sick, Western medicine didn't know what to do with me. And my husband got online and he found this doctor who described exactly what I was going through. And she, she was no longer seeing patients, but she had written a book. It was called Detox or Die. And so we just followed the protocol and it saved me. So, you know, that was pretty powerful right there, the power of a book and, you know, how many lives that you can change and depending on what you're in, you can even save. And so that was part of it. And then just through a series of things, I mean, I just, I had to get out of the music business because I, I had a world-class studio. It was the house I grew up in, but my parents both passed away and I had to sell the house. So I lost my living with it. So at that point, the real estate market was just taking off and we started buying, fixing, selling houses. And then that got too hot. And so then it was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know? And I knew how to make a killing, but I didn't know how to make a living. Mm. Right? So at that point, because we made a lot of money on a few houses. <laughs> and so um, at that point, it was like, okay, well, maybe I better, or maybe I want to look into like, how do I write a book? How does this work? And I had a lot of concerns because there's so much rejection in the music business. It's it's like internet marketing is nothing compared to being an artist or being a songwriter or anything like that. It's way it's way harder. And um, so I had to really think about okay, well, how does this work, and what am I willing to do? And I know I had fears. I didn't want to do a book proposal because I didn't know how. And I didn't want to go the traditional publishing route because having been in the music business, I knew that the creators get paid very little and it's the other people that usually get rich. So I didn't like that business model. <laughs> and so I thought I'm looking for a different business model. And so when I found eBooks and I, at that point, this was 2004. So they were seen as being very different at that point than books, which they're really not. Now we just do a book and we do it in different formats. But back then it was sort of seen as the poor cousin of a book. But I love the idea that you could just write a book and you could get it directly to your audience and you didn't have to go through gatekeepers and you didn't have to deal with agents and publishers and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. So I got into that. And at that point, I just wanted to write books. But then it's like, oh, well, what am I going to write about? <laughs> well, I mean, you had quite a life, though. I mean, everything from, you know, flipping houses and making that kind of money now to, to go into that digital age. I mean, early on, to early 2000s, you're talking about and what I'm thinking is, wow, all these people are writing ebooks and they're trying to sell off these programs. Now everybody has an ebook right, exactly. or some sort of thing. But back then it was really, really new. I it mean, was it was so new. I was the first one. That's how yeah. new it was. Yeah. See, that's a whole new category there. So yeah. what were some of the, the skills, some of the credentials, some of the things that you have learned along the way that have helped you become a better writer and then essentially a better coach? Skills I've acquired over a very long career. <laughs> that is just so cool. <laughs> um, I would say that, first of all, like you, I'm a voracious reader, first of all. So I'm always learning. And one of the things that I'm always so interested in, because I think this is an important part of writing books, is how people tell their stories and how they 
weave them into nonfiction books because that's what I teach, you know, how to write a business, how to write your business book. So uh, I find that really fascinating, kind of how people sometimes will take like a case study and just have that go all the way through the book, which is what uh, The E-Myth does, which is a very famous business book. Or one like um, a book that I love that I talk about a lot is Mastering Fear, a Navy, Sa uh, Navy SEAL's guide. And that one, he talks about, he kind of talks about his experience, but more than that, he talks about this friend of his who was afraid of swimming. He was afraid of getting in the pool. And so throughout the book, he's taking you through how he helps this guy and his friend, but then also what the steps are that anybody can use to overcome fear. Hmm. So it's how you weave the story together, but you definitely need a story. And the story is like what you said about me. It's your story. Like, what's your story? You know? Yeah, but even then, right? Like, you know, we have all kinds of different things that happen to us in our lives. Some great, some not so great, right? Mm -hmm. And in this business sense, I feel like there's, when you're creating content, for example, you're creating little TikToks or Instagrams or whatever, those are all essentially mini stories. Mm -hmm. And I love how you brought up uh, Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth Revisited. Right. Um, there's another book called The Hero's Two Journeys. And uh, in it, it talks about how when when you're writing a story like for a business book, a lot of times um, we try to make ourselves the hero versus making the customer the hero of the book and you more like a guide. And it, it talks all kinds of things about you know your internal struggles and your external struggles and the actual physical journey versus the transformation journey. But like there's so much involved in creating characters and writing stuff on top of the actual question, which is, well, well, what do I write about? Like, you know, when you talk to people who are getting ready to write their books and they got tons of questions like that going on in their head, mm -hmm. what is it that they're, they're paying you to help them with? What is it that you can do for them? If you're good at something, never do it for free. That's right, Joker. <laughs> oh. um, well, I'll tell you something. Somebody came to me recently wanting to write a book and I told him, you're not ready. Because he hasn't worked with clients. He doesn't know what his process is yet. So to pay somebody like me, it's not worth it when you haven't reached that point. Because uh, you don't know, really know what it is you're going to ultimately need to be kind of your calling card, you know, to explain to people what you do. So that's the first thing. But what I do with people, I actually have a process. And the first thing I do with people is a marketing and visibility study. A lot of coaches do not even know how to do this, let alone do it. To me, it's absolutely essential. And, and it was so amusing to me when I started going to so many, I mean, I've gone to them over the years, but it just seems like recently more people are talking about it. But it's like, if you're putting together a high-end program, if you're putting to get doing anything, they'll talk about, you know, who's your avatar and how do you connect with them? And what are they looking for? All those things. It's the same thing with the book. It, it's no different. It's like, you have to know who your audience is. You have to know what their problems are. You have to know what it is you solve that they're looking for. But the other thing you have to do is you have to see what else is out there. Because like I had a, a chiropractor client and he had actually written his book before he came to me. We were doing the publishing with him. And uh, and we go in there and there's this other book and it sounds just like his book. And I go, I don't, I don't get it. This sounds just like your book. And so if that's the case, your book 
is not different. It's not unique. And he said, oh, well, that guy's the go-to guy. And I said, well, if he's the go-to guy, they're going to go to him. They're not going <laughs> to come to you, right? So I said, so what's the difference between your book and his book? And he starts giving me this whole litany of all the things that are different. And I said, I don't get any of that from your title. Zero. Mm. So you need to rethink your title because you need to stand out. You know, when somebody goes to Amazon they, and they look at a whole page of books and they all sound really similar, what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. Nothing because they're confused and a confused mind doesn't buy. You're absolutely right. And I, and the cool thing about what you're talking about where, I mean, for him, it's intense because you're picking something that is going to be in print. And that's the title that you're sticking with going forward mm -hmm. as marketers. I get to play with titles all the time. I get to put yeah. out a title on a hook and see, okay, did it work? No, it didn't work. Okay. Change it. Or, you know, make a change here, make a change there. Deciding on a cover image, deciding on a title, uh, some of those things feel so permanent to me. How do you get them to narrow down, you know, what is the title of this book? Does it have to describe everything? Does it have to have like, you know, title with like a subtitle that's like a half a paragraph long or something? No, 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 not half of, no, not half of, half of a page or a paragraph long. No, no. I mean, great titles, generally speaking, are short and memorable because if you're driving in the car, it's sort of like songs. It's like you want to remember it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when you're ready, you can go and just look it up and buy it. Hopefully, you know, that's what we want people to do. So it has to be memorable and it has to be catchy and it has to be short. What the subtitle needs to do is then explain what's in what is the core idea of the book. And you can't have 10 ideas in your subtitle. You know, you kind of have to narrow it down. So if it does go into several things, then generally we keep it to three you know, like for health, wealth, and prosperity or something, you know what I mean? Something mm -hmm. like that. You, you never want to do more than three things. But um, but if you have a longer title, it better do certain things. Uh, one of my favorite titles is How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. That is like, to me, the best title of all time. <laughs> and it is a bestseller. And the reason is, is that, you know, it's got the alliteration in there. It's catchy. It's clever. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. That's an amazing title. But, you know, there are other titles. A really, um, I love this as an example too. You, do you know the, um, there's a book called Blink. Do you know that book? Mm -mm. Blink? Okay, Blink. Oh, I can't think of his name right now, but anyway, he's famous. And anyway, you have no idea what that means by itself, but it's the subtitle that explains what it means. And it's, it's Think Without Thinking. Blink, mm. think without thinking. So sometimes, you know, you can get away with doing some really cool things with titles as long as you're explaining it in the subtitle. And then once it's explained, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little tricky there, right? Because you're like, Blink, what's that about? Then you got to yeah. kind of, but it piques curiosity, right? Exactly. And that's really what you were talking about. It makes yeah. you say, huh, I want to know more about that. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk but about. Go, go, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, but one of the things is, and I know some people just wear this as a badge of honor, and I think it's like the worst thing is like taking, you know, months or years to write a book. Mm. Uh, the longer that you take to write a book, the less chance there is that you're going to finish it. So true. So the way that I teach people to write books is to write them very quickly. And the way that you can write them very quickly is by having that marketing visibility study done so you know exactly what you're doing. 
and then writing the um, writing your title so you know what it's about. So you don't so like you keep that in front of you so you keep focused on that so you don't run off onto sidetracks. And then the outline. And the better your outline, the better and easier it's, and faster it's going to be to write your book because your outline is going to tell you what's going in the book and what isn't. And if it isn't, if you come, you know, right up to the edge and you're going over the edge, you go, nope, this doesn't go in this book. This is for later. And you just set it aside. But instead, what people do is they just start writing and they get off the road and then they can't get back. Mm. And it's because so they didn't do an outline. That's, I was going to say, the outline is kind of the key here, right? Because you yeah. have a ton of thoughts. And I go on tangents all the time. I mean, I get lost in my own thoughts sometimes. We all do. I can't even yeah. remember what I was initially talking about, right? When you start going off in these tangents. And I, I feel like that happens a lot of times in books as well, right? You're mm -hmm. writing on the page and you're talking about the blueberries and the strawberries. And then all of a sudden it's about health. And then all of a sudden it's about, you know, uh, health issues in your family. And you start going on really ridiculous uh, tangents. Right. But well, that's why you, that's why you. I have them write their title first. It's like, mm. because if you start going off and then you say, okay, does that have anything to do with what I said this book's about? Nope. Get it out of here. Man, a filter for our own minds. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> All right. Who, who is an ideal client for you? So who is the person that you're looking for that is ready to write a book? What does that person look like to you? I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Um, my ideal clients are high-achieving, mission-driven trainers, coaches, speakers, and founders. And they're people who are busy, like they don't want to take forever to write a book. They either want to get it done quickly or they want us to do it for them. What mm. do, we do? do it for them. Let's talk about that for a second, because okay. I mean, we all have heard of ghostwriters and, and people who help you do a lot of these, a, a lot of these book projects. What's the difference between having somebody do it for you and you not writing the book? <laughs> well, there's two kinds of ghostwriting. One is ghostwriting where somebody just hands you a bunch of research and then you literally have to write the book or you have to go and research the book and write a book and they have nothing to do with it. I do not recommend people do that because you're the expert. So why would you pay somebody to recreate something that you're better at than they could ever be? That just makes no sense to me. So that's Agreed. number one. Um, so the other alternative is what I said before, which is doing the marketing and visibility studies, setting up the the outline. And then what we do is we interview you chapter by chapter. So the content, the basic content is coming from you because you're the expert and you want it in your voice. And I'll tell you something, I had an experience with this very early on that I never forgot. And that was, I was in a, a class. Uh, my teacher actually was Matt Basak. I don't know if you know him, but mm -hmm. um, Matt's one of the original internet guru guys. And um, he was asking or when somebody in the class was asking for a recommendation for something and i recommended this guy's book and he said be careful because he does not write all of his books and the books that he wrote himself are better than the ones that he had somebody else write and so i never forgot that because that's what goes back to that thing of it's like if you want top quality and you're the expert why would you ever have somebody else write a book for you without your input. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. 
you think it's it's the confidence issue maybe because i know for example i mean i teach high school part-time my wife is an english teacher Uh she literally sits down you know especially over breaks and she's like okay i gotta read these papers and she'll read some of them or she'll have me like take a look at some of these papers and i'm like whoo this is not very good writing right and i know there are so many adults who are out there who feel like they're not good writers um but the way you described it right now, it kind of makes it a lot easier. Oh, but I can I can answer questions, right? right? I can I can dictate. In other words, I can I can voice out my opinions and then have somebody else come in and kind of fill in those those blanks. Well, not only that, but normally people who are at a high level of achievement in their um, perspective niches generally are good speakers or they're good writers, right? I mean, you don't get there not having some skill. Yeah, you have to communicate. Right, you have to communicate. So we either work with the writer as writers or we work with the speaker and let them speak. So, you know, whatever works better is what we're going to do. Yeah, that's a service-oriented mindset. That's completely different than a a one-size-fits-all. You got, I mean, okay, you have this promo coming out, a three-day bestseller program. I mean, you weren't kidding. When you said you want somebody not to wear a badge of honor of waiting years to write their book, but three days, is that enough time? Tell me about that program. Yeah, I've actually written a book in three days. I'm not saying I've written every book in three days because I haven't. Again, that goes back to knowing your topic. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to write a book in three days if you don't know your topic. So, um, but that's what I said before. It's like somebody needs to have their their system down before they're really ready to do a book the way we teach people to do a book. But um, what was your question? Um, I was I was asking you about the three day seller program. Oh, so how you know it what works? would actually help? Yeah, if I did this. Me, I'm giving away free money. Promos. You got a promo going on. <laughs> okay, so. The three-day bestseller program is actually a program that I've been teaching for 17 years. It's just that um, we're changing the way it's delivered now so that people can come in whenever they want as opposed to once a year, you know, that whole nonsense thing. I don't, I'm over, I'm over product launches that are, that work that way where you can only come in once a year. So um, anyway, but the process is that I take people through is understanding, first of all, what you like to do, right? What do you what do you like? You know, because people need to be consistent. You're not going to be consistent if you don't like what you're doing. Mm. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you know, why are you doing it? What's your motivation? Because if it's not really strong, what happens is if people get stuck and they rarely get stuck do, using my process, but if they do, uh, you know, you have to know, you have to be able to push through. And so that's important. And then we walk you through understanding the research at a deeper level. You know, like if you're going to publish in Amazon, you have to know what your best keywords are. You have to know what your best categories are because that's how people find you. And if you don't get that right, your book is going to be out in the wasteland. Mm. And or what's going to happen is, and this happened to um, a client of mine where she came to me after she'd written her book and she thought her book was about death, but her book wasn't about death. Her book was about the afterlife. So all her keywords were wrong. All her categories were wrong. 
Her title was wrong. It was all wrong. So nobody was ever going to find it. And when they did find it, they were going to get upset because it wasn't what it said it was about. And Amazon doesn't like that. It's like they want their customers to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so for their customers to be happy, they have to be able to find what they're looking for and it has to be right. So, uh, so you have to know that stuff. And then I, I have a whole, we have a whole module on how to write best-selling titles. And then after that is my actual system for writing your book in three days or less. And here's the key. The key is send your family away so that you can completely focus or go to a hotel where you can just be quiet and leave them at home. Like to me, that that's really the key is focus. Anybody can write a book this quickly. It's focus. What do people do instead? They go and, and the dog's barking and they got to go get the mail. And they, then they, they start eating. And next thing you know, they're cleaning the house and, you know, the whole procrastination thing. So it's all about focus. I'll give you another one. Yeah. Go to a hotel. Get rid of the family for those three days and put your phone away because that's right. going to suck up away. so much time. Yeah. There, there's your procrastination tool right there. Right, right. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and again, I, I mean, I have 17 years experience this. So, I mean, I've seen every problem that you can possibly imagine that people, you know, go through. And over the years, every time somebody would say, well, what about this? You know, like one year it was... Uh, what about an author's permission slip? So we added that. What are the power words that we should use in our book titles? So we added that. So, I mean, every time, you know, something would come up, we would just keep adding and adding and adding. So, of course, after 17 years, we, I mean, I can't even remember the last time anything new even came up, you know. And one of the beautiful things about writing a book, it doesn't change, mm. right? There's so many things on the internet. I mean, how many thousands of dollars have you spent? I know I have, where... Two years later, it doesn't work. Or, you know, I've had it happen where the right after I got done, it didn't work. Like the next day, they changed the algorithm and then it didn't work, you know? So uh, we're still reading books from hundreds of years ago. It, books aren't going anywhere. So no, they definitely aren't. Yeah. So it's something you can put in your toolkit and it will stay there. You'll Plus, always have it. I always like the idea of, you know, when, when you're in business, you always hand out a business card or a lot of right. people do less and less these days, but it used to be a thing where you hand out a business card and people just throw them away anyways. But yeah. a book, you know, yeah, when somebody hands you a away. book, nobody throws it away. I got yeah. books on my shelf that I've never read or some that, you know, they came to me at some way or another. Maybe I read a few pages, but I didn't throw them away. Right. And here's a tip. Them. Let me give you a tip about that. If you want to have a book that people don't, not only don't throw away, but you stay on top of their mind, you want to make sure that your book is thick enough that you can put the type on the spine. Ooh, there's a little marketing trick, right? For those of us who can go back to the Dewey Decimal System, she's saying that last part on the end of the book where your title could be, then people will always look up and be like, okay, I remember that. I remember that. Right. I remember that. Right. Mm-hmm. Marketing 101. And you know, okay, Ellen, last little thing, because uh, this always is one of those things that people ask about, and I don't even mm -hmm. know how it works. Mm -hmm. What qualifies you? How many book sales or what is that? What do you have to do to become a bestseller? What you have to do is you have to sell one book more than the person who's number one when you launch your book. Oh, in a category? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And that makes you the bestseller. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, there's New York Times bestseller, there's USA Today bestseller, there's Amazon bestseller. People oftentimes are unrealistic about what kind of bestseller they can be. And what it really depends on is how big is your reach? Mm. You know, how many sales can you make? Like that, that's the name of the game. It's just numbers. So every book that you write and every time you continue to grow your list, you know, whether it's with books or whatever you're doing, but I love using books because it's easy to grow your list and all and make sales at the same time, um, is that then you continue to grow by doing that. And so each one, you have more of a chance of getting on bigger ones and you get better and better at marketing and the more, and there are also different things that you can add into a book launch. So, I mean, you can do a simple book launch where you put it in the announcement sites, uh, you know, you tell your friends, maybe you've got a Facebook group, whatever, you know, you do a couple little things. You can still get to number one if, when you know your numbers and you know what you're doing and you've set it up right. But you can also add on one of the things that we've done over the years with our clients is building their email lists for them by adding bonuses and then sending people to their websites first. And so there's that. You can add a one-day event or a few-hour event, you know, an online virtual book launch. So, and then it depends how early did you start. Like one of the things that makes the three-day bestseller program different from other programs is while we're teaching people how to write the book, guess what else we're teaching them? What else? How to market their book from day, <laughs> from day one. Well, from you, day one. And, and you mentioned a couple of things that kind of graze over, but they're vitally important for almost any business. Look, mm -hmm. you got to create that following. You got to create your tribe. You got to be put yourself in those circles or in the people who have very similar mindsets. And you got to collect data. You got to start building that email list or the text message list or whatever it is. That data that you control that's where the real power is in almost right. any business. Then it's any service or product that you can turn around and remarket and resell to the existing people that you have. I think a book adds to your credibility. It's Absolutely. for your it's for your tribe and people who are already craving more of the information that you got that want to learn more about what you're an expert at. So it enhances the uh, expert industry um, what persona that you have that you build amongst your tribe, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a book that I love. It's called um, what is it called? The one, the one thing. It's the called one the one thing. thing. You're familiar with that book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good book. And yeah, it is. And in the book, he uh, Gary Keller of of Keller Williams Realty was frustrated because he wasn't being taken seriously by the top people in his industry, and he went to his team. So remember, he this guy, this is somebody who already has a team, right? And says give me a list of the top hundred things we could do to get where we want to go this, you know, the next level. And they brought him the list. And then he said, okay, well, little it down to 10, which they did. And then, then he said, okay, well now what's the one thing that we can do that's going to change everything, write a book. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he did. He wrote the book. It became a bestseller and he continued to write books and he is, you know, considered by many to be the top person in the industry. Well, Today. look at that. From yeah. real estate to books. It sounds like a very familiar story. <laughs> Ellen, we've had a great time here, and I want to make sure people can get a hold of you. If they're interested in writing a book, how can they get a hold of you? Say hello to my little friend. They can go to booksopendoors.com. There's a contact information there. There's also a questionnaire you can fill out to get started with me. 
Um, and you can also send an email, ellen at booksopendoors.com. And um, one thing that I do want to say is we are in the process of updating, well, not updating, but moving from the boot camp over to Evergreen so people can come in at any time. So right now we're actually taking applications for the first group and you will get more of my attention than later people because, of course, since you know, it's a, it's a new way of doing it. I'll be getting a lot of feedback from you guys and um, we'll have a good time. Ellen, that's it. It's in the pages, ladies and gents. I heard Eminem say a line that was amazing. He said he's an alien because he writes on the page till he's out of space. Uh, and that's what I'm hoping for you guys. If you are interested in growing your brand, establishing yourself as an expert in your industry, giving your people content that they need, especially in the form of books, ebooks, audiobooks, then you guys need to go to booksopendoors.com, booksopendoors.com, and check out what Ellen has to offer. Learn to write a book in three days. Learn to market yourself from day one. Learn to be successful by modeling people who have already had success. One more time, booksopendoors.com, booksopendoors.com. Ellen, thank you very much for being on the program. I got one more question for you. We literally did a 30-minute show that's designed to create 30 days of content. Um, if someone was interested in creating content with us, what was your experience like? Well, of, of the show? Yeah. Oh, the show was great. It's fun. Do it. Do it. Ladies and gents, like Nike, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. All right, Ellen, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again. Manana, peace. And we're out. Thanks for watching The Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with The Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start